Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning and let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Uh, hey, champagne sharks. We have uh, Vita Kenny T. We're going to talk about, we actually started talking about something. Um, I was planning to do the, like the positivity episode, but then we naturally started talking about it came up um, this topic. And I was thinking maybe we could talk about this uh, instead. But I mean, it, it kind of has to do with positivity because it's about well, body positivity. But uh, this is something I've been thinking about for a while, about how weird the body positivity movement has become. Like, like in theory, something that's really good that's become kind of uh, toxic in its own way. but. Uh, yeah, guys, how's everyone? How's everyone doing? I will let I will let Kenny start off since he's the one who actually uh, got this conversation going while we were waiting for um, Vita to pop in. Oh yeah, no, what's up, guys? This is Kenny, um, Champagne Sharks. And we were talking about because uh, we were, I was watching a fight last night, Errol Spence and uh, um, Dennis Yugas, and after the fight was over, turned the channel and Lizzo was on uh, SNL. I don't watch SNL. I haven't really watched SNL in whew, years, years upon years. But it was on TV, so it was just on there. Me and a lady friend was sitting here watching it. It was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And, and, and that sounds like a very dismissive, but it really was dumb. Like the monologue was clearly written for her by someone else. She had well, no input. Well, and I, have it, it up, I have it up on here. Do you want me to just uh, play it? And then- you can if you want. Yeah, go ahead. And and then after we play it, then then you can continue. Yeah, I, I haven't heard it, so I'm actually kind of curious yeah, about how yeah, bad it was. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't heard it. Either. But SNL sucks in general. The last good thing they had was uh, your boy. What's that white boy name? Bill Burr. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah. the last funny thing and the first funny thing in years. <laughs> so. I'm really excited tonight. We're gonna break the record for the amount of times "bitch" is said on live TV. <laughs> Big bitch. <laughs> Three more. I hate cussing in front of my mom. Hey, mama. <laughs> the first time my mom came to see me perform, I had to warn her, mom, when I'm on stage, I'm going to say some bad words. At the time, she didn't like that. But now I'm rich. So she's like, bitch, cuss me out. <laughs> but really, the Lizzo you see on stage is different from the real me. I got a serious side as well. Like, last year, I had the honor of giving a TED Talk. Serious stuff. It was about twerking, okay? (laughs) Google it. (laughs) It was about the history of twerking and how it comes from West African dances like Mapuka. Yeah, deeper than you thought, right? (laughs) I got brains and booty. (laughs) Ass clap. (laughs) While I'm here, I do want to address some rumors. I've read a lot of gossip online that I'm dating every little white boy in Hollywood. <laughs> they think I'm collecting members of One Direction like Infinity Stones. <laughs> I even heard a rumor that I'm pregnant with Chris Evans's baby. 
no idea where that one started. It could be the TikTok I did where I said, I'm pregnant with Chris Evans' thing. <laughs> but I am honored to be up here on this stage. When I got the call to host SNL, I was pretty nervous. And I know that's shocking, because I'm the one who said, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm a hundred of well, to be completely honest, I'm really like 50% that bitch, 10% boss bitch, and 40% flute playing band nerd bitch. <laughs> to be hosting this particular episode, especially because I do love tonight's musical guest. <laughs> I do love myself. Everybody should love themselves. You know, at every show, I tell my audience the same thing, and I'll tell y'all too. I love you, you are beautiful, and you can do anything. I'm living proof of that. I used to live in my car, and now I'm up here hosting Saturday Night Live! Um, you know something? I just want to say this before I forgot it. Uh, I feel like that last line is really important. Like, I think a lot of times people like certain celebrities not because they're like super talented or great but because they make you feel like you can do it too and they help you with the fantasy because i feel like she put that in on purpose like she knows that that's her appeal like hey if i can make it um you can make it too which is a feeling that you don't get from watching like beyonce like no that's not but see this is the thing though and i'm glad you said that because when you saw michael jackson when you saw, see, and this is the thing about music. I don't, I don't want to be able to do what you do. When, when, when Rakim is rhyming on follow the leader, I know I can't do that shit. But when I hear motherfucking uh, Gunna saying them simple ass lyrics, oh, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole point of celebrity and being a talented artist. I should not be able to look when Michael Jordan's doing 360 windmill dunks. I know I can't do that shit, but these kids out here just shooting up three pointers. Oh, I could do that. You know what I mean? But, That's the uh, whole point. But I don't, I, I don't think that Lizzo's point specifically was that you can do what she can do as much as it was. It's the generic message that I also think Lady Gaga had, which was, you know, I, I want to ch champion the underdog and show you guys like you guys matter and, you know, that you can be successful in whatever it is you want to do. I think that's more so like a, the marketing gimmick um, that they're utilizing. Not so much that you can do what I do specifically as much as it is, you know, you're I'm, I'm representative of of this underdog class, right? My my problem with that is that most of those people aren't really underdogs in that way. I actually <clears throat> actually do think Lizzo's talented. I think she's marketed poorly and does shitty stuff, but I think she's actually very talented. Even listening to this monologue, it was clearly written by somebody else. It does it, it just it sounds like she probably had input in what she wanted to talk about, but it's set up like a comedian would set up stuff, you know. But, but I um, do I do think when I say that she's trying uh, to make you feel like you could be her, as far as like you know she what where she came from and the fact that she's that she's big like i feel like hey you know i'm even if it's not even if she's talented i don't think the talent is what is really selling her you know no, what i mean th yeah. that's my point that's my point it's not her talent that's selling her i like i would even say the same thing for lady gaga i don't even think it was her talent that was selling her because i i saw when i first saw lady gaga i thought she was garbage i was like i'm not watching this weirdo shit right but when I saw a video of her before she got famous and she was just playing the piano and singing a song that she had written, I was like, God damn, this girl is talented. 
But I couldn't see that with all the rigmarole because they were trying to push this I'm for the underdog thing, and which I also don't like when, you know, very fit, good looking people act like, you know, they're the underdog. <laughs> it just always kills me when they do that. Like, no, no, I don't think any of these people are underdogs because you don't just end up in Hollywood. Right, That's not how it exactly. works. So you're not an underdog. That's not how Hollywood works. <laughs> exactly. There's a whole lot of motherfuckers. We just talked about Hollywood Shuffle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Robert Townsend is the underdog. His character in Hollywood Shuffle is the underdog. Right. They're coming I think, from... Uh, I yeah. think people like Lady Gaga and Madonna and uh, Nicki Minaj kind of did this too with the barbs, is that they try to be underdogs by proxy, which is uh, all three of them really kind of tapped into like gay theater kids. Like... Nicki Minaj and that Barb's thing, I never realized what a weird, toxic um, kind of fandom she had of, like, weird girls and, and gay theater kids. That and she, she whips them up into a frenzy. And Madonna kind of did it, too, where she kind of... She's a traditionally attractive um, white woman, same with Lady Gaga, but they brought along this kind of outcast gay theater kid type of person into their uh, base and gave them exposure. And then people kind of... Really, so so I know, like for example, I had a I had a friend back in the day who got the Madonna fandom into a frenzy. He said something bad about Madonna, and they came at her for like days. It's like the early days of Twitter, like 2010. It's like we were just nonstop gay people, and they were all just saying stuff like, "Yeah, when I was in the closet in West Bubble, I mean, Boy Georgia Culture Club is like that too. Y- yeah, their but, fan base is you know back in the days like that. Yeah, when I was a uh, a gay teen in uh, West Bubblefuck, uh, Idaho, closeted Madonna, saved me from suicide. And how dare you? You know, it does like all the, the uh, <laughs> things she was for, like, Yeah. And, I mean, not to laugh at suicide, but. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I know it too. It's very dramatic. And uh, uh, Lady Gaga, her template is so ripped off from Madonna, peak Madonna. It's not, you know, that, exactly. That, that the difference is, yeah. the difference is, and I would say Lady Gaga and even Lizzo are more talented than Madonna. Madonna yeah, is yeah, true. super not talented to me. Yeah, now that's totally. the person with no talent that got totally. famous by totally. marketing. Even that song Born This Way is uh, a total Madonna song. Um, yeah, it is. Express yourself. They just changed. Yep. <laughs> they just changed a couple of words. It's the same techno sounding beat. Everything. Same melody. Everything. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, and I think that was kind of the. My, that's kind of my whole thing, though. It's like don't pretend to be this underdog, and you're on our team. I think the difference with Lizzo is that you know she really is overweight, and she doesn't necessarily fit the mainstream aesthetic. But like Kenny said, you don't get to that point without by being an underdog. There's you think she's the only big girl that got talent? No, abs- exactly. and that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly, <laughs> she ain't the only one. She ain't, she ain't the, the only, most talented. But why? But why is she right? She's not the look. Like I said, Missy Elliott did everything. She sang, she danced, she rapped, she wrote, she produced. You can't top Missy Elliott in almost any oh. category in music. There's nothing. She's 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 not just good at those things that she's worth mentioning. She was literally at the top, right? Yeah. Um. So you're absolutely right, and I think that's the whole thing. It's like this. It's like you know. Uh, there are plenty of good-looking girls that can sing and rap, but somehow we get people that look like Sweetie who can't rap, who right? Can't rap. Yeah, it's all marketing. <laughs> but there's all these good-looking... I can go to Fox Hills Mall right now and find five good-looking black girls that could probably rap their asses off right now, <laughs> right? Um, but th- that's not how this thing works. You're never really an underdog. They There's always something underneath. You're connected to somebody. You, you, you're... It's, it's, just, it's just not how that industry works, I like thought, Kenny said. I thought Sweetie... 
could rap for a long time before I actually heard her rap because the way people <laughs> were talking about her and she was everywhere, I thought she was just going to be one of those people where she was like Dreezy or um, Megan, where she was just building up a lot of buzz off of like freestyles and stuff. So when I finally saw her on the big stage rapping dance, I was like, damn. So why was everyone talking about her so much? Like, like, right. Do you she know why she got song. so big? She her, got mom, one. her mom is from the uh, Vibrant Thing video. Oh, and her That's cousin her is Gabrielle Union. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom's been her mom has been in the entertainment industry since the nineties. She's one of the original video yeah. video vixens. Yeah. You like know, Vita I, Guerrera and all the other ones. No, it's funny. I, I could tell uh Kenny's older because he had to stop himself from saying video ho. He's I, I, yeah, I, I had to change that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, back in the day, that's what they used to call it. It's it's a video hole back in the day. Yeah, but, but we've 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 excelled evolved. past that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we're past we, that. We, evolved, <laughs> They're video vixens, video models. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, the, I, but the, but the thing about it is like when you look at somebody like you know these like we said it's never it's never the most you know it's and that's no different than uh, a lot of industries it's never the most talented motherfucker that's gonna get the job you know so it's never the most like there's a motherfucker in the hood right now that's better than Michael Jordan I don't know what the fuck he's doing with his life you know what I'm saying um, well he but, probably couldn't afford basketball camp and all the other all the other programs that you got to be in just because yeah, because it's, it's a lot of connections. <laughs> And I'm just using Michael Jordan as an example, but I'm, there's connections yeah, when it comes to Michael athletics because there's kids that don't have access to the AAU programs or all these different, like LeBron James is a perfect example. People try to make it like LeBron James came from the ghetto. It's not true. LeBron James have had, has had access to AAU programs, Catholic schools, all that shit his whole life. You know what I'm saying? He didn't play for his neighborhood high school. He played for St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Okay. So it's, it doesn't work like that. That's not the way it works. So. The kid that did have to play for the neighborhood high schools that didn't have the connection to this coach and that coach and that agent and that Nike brand personnel person. Well, they got to go about it the hard way. Now, they might have ended up injured or something because they got stuck at a junior college in Texas somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't. It's sometimes not what, you're just not the chosen one. Like that's you ain't the, the other chosen thing. One. Yeah. Sometimes you you can be the person that's in the they middle knew of nowhere. LeBron was going to be right. the one when he was 13. And they and they cultivated that. Yes. Like the whole community and the whole industry the cultivated community. that. Yes. Um, and the same thing though, I was just thinking with entertainment. Like a lot of these people aren't underdogs, but the, even the ones that are, they're usually the one, like the one that somebody discovered that just happened yep. to be in the right place at the right time. Right. Um, like I would say there are so many talented people that never really get that big, right? Like I yeah. would say Terrace Martin is one of the most talented producers and musicians out. Like one of the most talented. I watched him live. I watched him freestyle, you know, uh, music. I've seen him do all kinds of stuff. He'll never get as big as Pharrell. No, right? no, 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 no. He'll no. never get that big. So there are a lot of, and that's not, that's not a diss to Terrace. I think Terrace is, can do way more than Pharrell. It's hard, but do. it's hard. But, it's hard with somebody like Terrace Martin who can actually play instruments. You know, it's very, it's very rare that a person these days, someone who can actually play instruments is going to get marketed the right way because they want to stuff you in that jazz category. Right. Or they want to stuff you in the, see, Anderson Pye can play, can play drums. Yep. But he, but he sings also. He's yep. like Morris Day. People don't know Morris Day can play the drums like a motherfucker. You know what yep. I'm saying? But he's, what do he you get his, 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 um, his, re- his, um, what do you call it? Relevance from the time singing, you know what I'm saying? The stage act. So it's the same thing. The same thing's going to happen to Terrace Martin unless he becomes this phenomenal rapper and he can rap. You know what I'm saying? People don't know that. You know what I mean? He really can rap, you know? But I think, I think sometimes even when you're talented, uh, you get 
sucked into a gimmick because you realize uh, the gimmick's working for other people. Yeah. You get into the gimmick so much, people start forgetting that you even had the talent. Like, like, like for example, like when the, when the um, um, auto-tune thing was popping off, a lot of people who can actually sing their asses off was using auto tune, and yeah. it's like, wait, yeah. why are you doing it now? Jamie sound- Foxx did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, who Usher else? Did it. Yeah, and Usher. Like, okay, now you're sounding the same as these people who can't sing. Like you're actually making yourself compete on the level of people less talented than you. And if you keep doing yeah. this, people are gonna start forgetting that you can actually sing. Like, why are you doing they, that? They gotta like, do people- like Beyonce. You know, sometimes sing, sometimes don't. <laughs> Like sometimes yeah, really. Beyonce's yeah, singing no, her really. asses off, and then the other times she's just barely like borderline rapping. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, but, also, one of the thing about Lizzo, I think she has that kind of toxic uh, underdog fan base that like uh, Madonna and those people have. But like Vita said, she has the extra advantage of I'm actually that too. I'm not just you know uh, doing it by proxy like the way uh, you know Madonna and Lady Gaga and. And Nicki Minaj are doing it with like these these gay kids. Like I'm doing it with the, with the with the fat people who are terminally online because she's really representing two brands: the fat people and the the internet e- trolls. Type of yeah, people who sassy, sassy. They they get on they get on Twitter. They always got some spicy to say about dick and about fucking and about something that we know they're not doing. But I'm I'm talking about someone specifically, but and a bunch of Nini 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 leaks gifts. um, Yeah, yeah, dumb dumb gifts. Well, some of them Nini leaks gifts are funny though. Some some of them are funny. These people people (laughs) make them annoying. Yeah. that's true there was a gif i liked and then i saw like the people that were constantly using them i was like god i can't i can't even use it myself because you guys are the ones using it yeah. yeah 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 the people who say stuff like uh the scream i scrimped and and yeah and used to talk, oh yeah talking twitterisms like 24 7 even with uh, kenny said this video of this girl who was talking in twitterisms but in real life remember that Oh yeah, yeah. And she started talking about how the, the America is the something. She na- she had an analogy about it being a dump or something. I forgot. And then I looked it up, and it was an actual tweet. I was like, "Oh, this motherfucker's talking in Twitter language." Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's right. I remember that girl. She was talking about marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And, and it was so funny. She looked like a Twitter person too. I know. Yeah, yeah. And most people were like saying it was, uh, you know, corny and saying, "Oh my gosh, she's so horrible." But there was a handful of those people just uh just laughing along she ate. Like, y'all can't, yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she ate, ate. yeah she ate. like no, she said. and i told kenny i said watch everyone who's liking her searched her name and Nicki minaj and i yep. bet her a barb it was and everyone that was a barb yep it was that was the that was that's some scary shit and that yeah. might be another topic for another show but that's some scary shit and that and i think that's who uh lizzo represents is like this era of internet trolling girls and like between ages of like 23 and 40 where they're just <laughs> they just troll that's a fucking wide range but they, they just troll all day and they just say the spiciest say, shit they can I say, say fe- i would say femmes i think femmes captures girls and like a certain like uh queen type of gay person because it, it's, it's a mix of those yeah them too yeah those two 
But the thing about Lizzo that makes me so upset is the fact that I, like I said, I do think she's talented. I just wish I got to see more of the talent because when I first heard her, like, for example, in the monologue, she does that line, um, just took a DNA test, found out I'm 100% that bitch. I remember that song before it hit the radio and I actually liked it. I was like, oh, this is a cute little bop. And I was going through a breakup. So it was like a cute little fun song to listen to to kind of boost your mood. And then I was like, okay, I, I can fuck with this. I think I liked one other song she had on, on her little um whatever it was, the EP or whatever it was I was listening to. And I was like, okay, this is a cute little thing she got going. Then I found she played the flute. I said, oh, she's a musician, like an actual musician. Cool. And then it was all of a sudden she blows up. And she's just, it's just like this big, huge, corny marketing thing that completely erased what I felt her talent, it completely it overshadowed her talent. I feel like Meg the Stallion, the same thing. Notice whenever yep, Meg the Stallion when she really first came out, rapped, she was spitting. Yo, yep. when them freestyles was hitting the internet, they was going crazy. Even still today, if she drops a freestyle that's not all that corny shit, it goes nuts online, right? She just did something at Coachella. I actually thought it was pretty good. She kind of sounded like Lil' Kim, but I liked it. Um, it. I was like, you know, I like it when she's just rapping. When she just raps, she sounds great. But then all that gimmicky whap shit and sticking her tongue out and all that shit, that shit's hella corny, you know? Yeah, twerking, but, all, twerking all day and stuff. Yeah, and, and, like... And people, and people think when, when people complain about her twerking all day, they're like slut shaming or being hypocritical but i'm like that with anything like for example even uh like like push a t like four songs in i'm like okay drugs i get it like i like <laughs> I, I don't like anybody the cocaine rap yeah yeah i don't like anybody oh, raps about the same thing 24 7 two live crew i could i couldn't listen to the two live crew album back in the day like after three songs i would get tired like i'm not about anything so it's not just because I'm I think most people are, honestly. Sex. I think yeah. a lot of people are more like that than, than, wanted, than people want to say. But we've always had those fans of groups that no, they're not fans of the music. They're fans of that person. So they don't care what they say. They just want to see them. New Kids on the Block was that way. Debbie Gibson was that way. Even Michael Jackson fans were that way. They didn't give a fuck about the music. They just want to see Michael Jackson. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, that's how fandom works with a lot of these people fandom i don't i'm sure well fan is short for fanatic but i'm sure there's a mental illness that goes along with the way people behave around celebrities i don't know what it's called but i'm sure it exists because these people act like you know they don't know how to act because of a certain celebrity and it's kind of sickening yeah they don't know how to be critical like they don't know how to be absurd like objectionably critical like I like Beyonce but there's a lot of shit she does I don't like like I, when she first came out she was yodeling all the goddamn time I hated those <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. her runs were terrible but I liked her songs I liked Beyonce but she just couldn't sing the way I thought she was yodeling <laughs> I'm trying to find this clip of the girl who talks like she's online because I feel oh, I, oh I, remember yeah. one thing, I remember one thing that I was gonna say um do you ever see this thing on South Park called um member berries uh, South Park had this thing called member berries, right? Where there were these, a tree with a little plant with berries and the, and the plant with berries was being used to create like programming. But all the plant said was, remember Transformers? Remember G.I. Joe? Remember um, this? Remember that? And they're just making whole shows and moments in TV and movies where it wasn't actually a real script or a, song or anything it was just a callback to something and they were using that in place of like you know real content like just using nostalgia to create like whole franchises and stuff and people were just being like sucked in with nostalgia and it's kind of making fun of how everything now is like oh remember indiana jones remember star wars uh, all these things were based on nostalgia and that's like uh, what people are using for example like family guy has a lot of um 
member berries where a lot of the, the cutaways are cut away to that's it's not even a joke it's just a reference to something from your childhood like you know oh, wait oh yeah like, yeah i've seen that on family guy though i've seen that on there but i've I never seen south park so i don't know about oh, that yeah, but i, I know i know exactly man. what you mean about family guy they do that a lot yeah, yeah, but something yeah, yeah, will yeah. just jump in you're like wait a minute that's from like Star Wars is just out of nowhere. Yeah, but it's not even really a joke. The whole joke is that you recognize it, but it's not yeah, an actual. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one thing I realized with Lizzo, Lizzo is part of this new trend where you're doing member berries for stuff to happen six months to two years ago. It's not even you do stuff from people's childhoods because that whole thing about 100% that bitch, that was basically just a member berry. That was just something where it's like, it's, there wasn't really a joke. It's just that you you clap because you recognize it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, but, exactly. But, but now instead of going back to things from people's childhood, you're going back to things that people saw tweeted six months ago or, or the Chris Evans TikTok thing. That wasn't really a joke. That was just, hey, you remember that TikTok I did? But that was like a six-month-ago TikTok. Like, Yeah, yeah. The, the cycle. That's interesting. That's interesting you brought that up. That's I didn't really even think about that, but that's actually a really valid and great point. Because Yeah, the cycle's getting shorter and shorter. Like People are acting nostalgic for stuff and clapping for it. That happened like three weeks ago. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I think that happens with celebrity comedy because that's what they do. They, they want you to... They want to sort of what's the word revitalize that moment when they were a hit <laughs> <when they did. laughs> so in other words what you're saying t and vita is that she doesn't really have any relevance outside of what she did a year ago two years right ago. that's why she's doing gimmicky stuff like a dance competition show with fat girls like that was even necessary wow Just, i didn't even know that's what it was yeah that's what i was saying that i yeah. had watched with my girl my homegirl was doing my hair and um we were watching that show and I was like, I don't want to watch this shit. This shit looks gimmicky. And she was like, it does, but I just want to see people dance. And I was like, okay, cool. So we watched it and it was actually pretty good. The girls could dance and stuff, but I didn't like all the, the gimmicky part of it, trying to make it really emotional for fat girls. And, you know, cause I, I'll say this as a girl growing up, who is a teen girl who battled her weight, battled eating disorders, all types of shit. And then, you know, one of the things that the people that inspired me were the two women that I named earlier, Queen Latifah. I was a huge Queen Latifah fan and Missy Elliott because they were who they were, regardless of what they looked like. That to me was the biggest motivating factor. That to me was the biggest inspiration. That to me was really being honest about what your talent and skill is and then showing us that, right? What people do who are bigger or have, who are underdogs or who have, you know, whatever it is, it could be whatever it is, you know, whatever you feel like your issue, whatever you're insecure about. The thing of the real story to me is the fact that the things that we're insecure about hold us back from doing the things that we want to do. It's not so much, and I'm not saying that the world doesn't also have its issues. There are plenty of studies that show the bigger you are, the less likely you are to get hired, right? Like that's, those are actual studies. So I'm not, and, and their medical discrimination. Now those are real things. I'm not saying that things, those, those um, barriers in life don't exist. Barriers exist for all of us, right? Especially if you're black. But what I always appreciate are people who are like, despite whatever the other, what, despite my insecurities or what people are telling me I should be insecure about, I'm achieving what I want to achieve regardless. Missy Elliott didn't have a whole campaign about her weight. She just made fucking great music. She, she made, made great video. She has one of the most epic videos in rap history because she wore a garbage bag or whatever yeah, the fuck that shit yeah, was. We yeah. didn't even know what the fuck the shit was. We didn't even understand the song. We it didn't, didn't care. Even matter. It didn't fucking matter. It blew our minds. We loved it. I was a kid. Like, what the fuck is this lady doing? And I, but I couldn't stop watching it. I couldn't. I, when the song came on the radio, I liked the beat. You know, it didn't matter what she looked like. None of that even 
came across my mind. It was more so about the fact that this woman is up here killing it. I want to see that. That's more inspirational. We don't have to have a whole dialogue about your fucking weight. We don't have to have a whole dialogue about how hard it is to be whatever it is you fucking are. What you're doing, well, you know what they're, it's like a victim bullying. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a victim bullying. It's like, now if I don't like you, now you're going to say I'm fat shaming. Because I don't buy your music or I don't like you. Right. Or I don't think you're talented. Speaking of victim bullying, uh, something that happens too now is people will even victim bully the actual fat celebrity if they do anything that suggests they're not 100% happy with being fat 24-7. Because, for example, um, Missy lost a bunch of weight. Her fans still fucked with her because... Even though they thought she was being body positive just by existing and not being ashamed, they didn't like her just because she was, um, you know, fat. But now a lot of these people, they're being liked, particularly because they find them affirming and validating to, like, you know, um, their their fatness. So what happens is uh, Lizzo had this thing where she said uh, some kind of video where she said, like, she was sometimes feeling, um, you know attacked for being fat and she started some kind of diet or something and then everybody came at her all her fan base was like attacking her for like being like a traitor you know and and all this stuff but i'm like if she wants to lose weight as long as she's not advocating like eating disorders or hating on people who are you know but they were kind of saying like it was like she was like a some kind of traitor she had to come out and like apologize and clarify like no i'm fan to stay fat as ever I was like, look, see, that's sad. Yeah, you know why sad. that's you know why that's sad, and I want to tell you multiple reasons why. First of all, as a person who was well over three hundred pounds at one point in my life, at no point did I ever say I was glad to be that. You know what right, I mean? Right. My process of self love started before I lost the weight. That's why I don't have an issue with the body positivity movement that everybody has a problem with. Because I actually think that was helpful for me personally. Because I was hating myself so much, it was causing more weight gain, right? But I think there's two body positivity movements. Same way there's, there's two um, hair movements. Remember the first good one? <laughs> that, that one I didn't think about it like that, but you're probably right. I didn't think yeah, about it like yeah, that. I think, I think the one that you came on was the good one. And the, the, this recent Tumblr-ish one is, I think, the, the bad one. But see, I don't think those are body positivity people. That's I think that's yeah. what my thing is. Okay, I don't right. consider them body positivity. That's not their they're to me, those people are people who just um they're just bullies on the internet. Yeah, and I think and I don't think they're real. Like I don't think in real life they feel like that. I think in real life they feel like Lizzo. They feel like, you know, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of being treated a certain way. Cause people do treat you fucked up when you're big. People people won't admit that. I don't know why they won't admit that admit that they do it. People will treat you really fucked up when you're big. I could tell you all if I told you the stories of my life, y'all be like, no wonder this bitch got self-esteem issues. That's exactly it's it's really rough what I went through. So I think it's a real thing. The problem is that you're they're trying to advocate for the weight and not advocating for the self-esteem that to me is the part that we're supposed to be pushing it's about hey look girl you're more than what you look like it doesn't even matter that doesn't matter right now focus on you and loving yourself then you'll get all the weight stuff is a symptom of the larger problem of all your trauma of your self-hate all that that's the symptom of a much larger problem nobody talks about it that way they want to talk about it like your weight is your personality 
And that's right, not, right, and, right. And that's not the case. It's literally just the shape that your body is in at the moment. Those things change. Your body can change at any moment. These are T- these are all these are all things that are um with with hard work and with dedication you could change or you can just not. I mean, everybody has an option. Now, like you said, you have to get into the mode of loving yourself first before you even step that's in the, the gym. That's the very you know first part. Before you step in the gym, it doesn't really make a difference what you do in the gym because if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be dedicated. You're not going to be, um, you're not going to want to do it or change the way you eat or you know, because whatever you, you, you haven't whatever actually solved the problem. That's no. the thing. You haven't actually addressed, I wouldn't even say solved, but you, you addressed 110 the pounds and still hate yourself. You know what? And that's real. And, and it's just, and it's a and it's a constant thing. And, and everybody's issue is different. That's the other thing. Some people think their solution is everybody's solution. It's not. That's also not true. Because your issue might not be the other person's issue. Your issue might be, hey, I, I maybe your issue is more so like, oh, I just don't eat right and I know how to do better. And I don't have a self-esteem problem. I just, I've been, you know, not paying attention. I just like going to Wingstop. Yeah. And I haven't really been paying attention. Somebody else's might really be battling a whole mental situation because they've been a abuse their whole life you know what I mean they're told and they're they're both going to recall for totally different approaches to how they address their weight they're not the same and I think people get caught up in trying to use their solution that worked for them and apply it to everyone else when everyone else's problem isn't the same they have the same symptoms but it might not be the same root cause and so when I see these conversations around like body positive a lot of times I also I think people claim they care about health I don't think they actually care about health I think they just really don't like how people look because if you look at what they eat they just don't and they don't gain that much weight they they eat, they don't eat that much better than a big person so i'll be like how yeah, are no. you judging i watch you eat like i've seen a guy talk about people just need to know how to eat right and da, 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 da. this motherfucker i sat and he's my brother's friend every time we went out this motherfucker had like two cheeseburgers like she he wore a double cheeseburger fries and milkshake every time he just didn't gain weight i said like how do you always talk so much about big people and you eat just like anybody else like you eat just as bad as they do yeah. he's like well but he was like, well, I'm not big. Exactly. exactly. That's, so just, not, that's the point. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you don't care about health. Health was never your problem. It was the yeah. fact that you don't like big people. You just don't like the way big people look. Right. Exactly. But people don't want to be honest about that. So they start saying all this other stuff. But I wait, do wait, think. Wait, wait. Are you talking about when people talk about um, health? Because one thing I always get me upset is that when people try to act like they're criticizing big people because of their health and it's true that they have health problems but that's not the real reason because there are there are chicks on instagram who are injecting themselves full of all types of weird <laughs> chemicals and you're not complaining about hey that's not healthy you putting all that silicone in your body right <laughs> yeah right. yeah like just be real like you don't like the fat person because uh you don't like how they look like don't act like you care about the health cause- also i've seen people so you know, working in social services and working with a lot of girls, especially, you find a lot of eating. And you'll get girls who lose weight, a lot of weight, very quickly. Or or, you, or maybe you haven't seen them for a few months and they come back into your office like, oh, wow, you lost a lot of weight. And the, what we'll notice is that everybody praises them for the weight loss, right? Not one person asks them how they did it because then they'll find out that the kid was bulimic. So if it was about, you see what I'm saying? So we praise the weight loss. We'd have no idea if it was healthy weight loss or not. So because we don't actually care about health, we care about the weight loss. You see what I'm saying? Um, so I, I do think, now, that doesn't, now this doesn't take away from the importance of addressing things like obesity. Another reason why I don't think people care about health, because when we talk about obesity of America, right, and the fact that we're gaining weight rapidly in this country, everyone wants to blame individuals. Now, me putting my sociologist hat on, 
I know for a fact that when you see large patterns of groups of people doing something or something occurring, it's much bigger than individual choices, right? Come When I started studying more about food, I told you guys about these books all the time because I I read a lot of these things. Um, But, you know, I started learning more about the body and the diet and then learning about the food that we're ingesting. Half this shit shouldn't even be legal in our country. They're illegal in many other countries, funny enough, right? These chemicals, synthetic vitamins, these things are not legal or they don't put them in foods in a lot of other countries, right? Because I know that for people, specifically Black, people if we don't get the finish you're gonna die i'm gonna tell right. you that right now yes. you're gonna die it sounds fucked yes. up it sounds bottom line you're dying okay and we're not selling dinners to bury you so get some life insurance um stop, stop it kenny this is I'm, how we get I'm, canceled I'm, this is how we're gonna end up getting canceled we're not <laughs> selling like dinners <laughs> to bury your black ass we're not doing that so get you some life insurance stop playing wait 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 what about the what about the crowdfunding we're, you know, we're not crowdfunding <laughs> anything we're just gonna burn you you're getting burned see this is how we're getting canceled t we're gonna give your, your family <laughs> ashes they can do what they want to do with them because it's, it's ex- funerals are expensive but anyway <laughs> but anyway <laughs> Go ahead, but anyway, and that goes even for motherfuckers that are doing drive-bys. We ain't selling dinners to bury your black ass, okay? Stop, but, stop. But for when it comes to people that are, you know what I'm saying, trying to get their life together and things like that, when you want to do the education part of it, then yes, you do need to realize what they put in food. You know, you know, and uh, labels and, you know, labeling is, all, is in everything. So you look at a bag of chips and there's no trans fat. Okay, yeah, but it's got a whole bunch of other shit in there. Right. You know, so you look at a label and says gluten free, no trans fat, no MSG, or as I call it, Madison Square Garden. It's still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's still gonna like be that. horrible. I call MSG Madison Square Garden because I, I, I can't like say that. the words motto pseudo gloomiate or something. I forgot how to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Um, I can say MSG. But you got to really look at you know the things, the things that you put in inside your body, regardless what the label says. You know what I mean? So even look, even if you're juicing, if you juice. And you put orange juice in your juice. That's a lot of sugar. You know what I'm saying? So all of these things. Yeah. And apple juice. So I started using pomegranate juice or pineapple juice. You know what I'm saying? Um, Still got sugar content, but not as much as orange juice, especially the orange juice that we choose to buy at the store, like Simply and Sunny Delight and all this garbage ass shit. Why does like the orange juice in the carton taste like that? Because when you get it like fresh squeezed. It don't taste nothing like that. that. It's a lot of like sugar. That. Same with apple juice. Like, like, yeah. like when I first discovered like real apple juice, that clear sugar water, I, I call it baby water because it, it doesn't even like, look the same. Yeah, it don't look yeah. the same or anything. It's just yeah. like a good sugar bomb. So if you're gonna so if you're gonna uh, you know, if you wanna be a, a advocate for people to change their eating habits and health, then you gotta do the education. Don't just get online saying, No, you big because you wanna be. <laughs> it's, not, it's not how it works it's not, right it's not, and, and i guarantee you works, most you know people I mean? don't want to be big like, and that's just no, the reality most no, people no. listen i always hope i point the, point this out to people everybody wanted to be big then weight loss would not be a multi-billion dollar no, i was industry. about to say man because my grandfather when i was a i was a kid now you gotta remember in the 80s and the 90s weight loss was the only thing you saw about weight loss was the slim fast commercials there was no 24-hour <laughs> fitness. There was no LA fitness. There was no crunch. There was none of that. That didn't no, they exist. Just, they just started the, um, the what do you call that? The video fitness. Yeah. Ab- Tybo. Steel, Buns yeah, Steel. Steel. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I remember well, my Tybo grandfather was 90s, a, um, I thought. Yeah, it was 90s. Tybo, yeah. Yeah, 80s and 90s. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. You saw the Slim Fast commercials if you were at home because those commercials only came Oh, on. you forgot about Jenny Craig. And Jenny Craig. That was another one. So... I remember my grandfather bought a Jack LaLanne juicer. I remember Jack LaLanne was oh, a big yeah. deal back in the day. I think Jack LaLanne's dead now, but he lived to be like 130. But that juicer, 
everybody was got, buying that Jack LaLanne juice. It was like $200. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, I think my dad had the little, one. The little piece where you had to shove it down to get all the juice out. You know, <laughs> yep. It was horrible. It was crazy. <laughs> it, so it was that horrible was, to that, clean, too. Yeah, it was horrible to clean. So n- now you look at what we have now. You have a Vitamix. I mean, fucking Vitamix. You can put a whole damn cucumber in there. You know what I mean? You can, it, yep. Uh, oh, uh, uh, a fucking avocado. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You put an avocado with the pit and it'll crush it. It'll puree it. That's where we're at now. I live within a ten mile, five mile radius of three different gyms. Back in the day, you had to go to the YMCA or you had to go to your local community center. That's all there was. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, you know, I'm living here in Portland. I'm sure. I think the first time I heard about LA Fitness or um, 24 Hour Fitness was when Magic Johnson bought a bunch of them down in LA. And that was mid 90s. Oh, yeah. That was late 90s. He don't even own those no more. Just a quick caveat. Not only did he not own them, the people that bought them took all the black people's pictures down. So Damn. all the black, all the photos you saw, people smiling and working out, yeah, and those kind of yeah. photos. Yeah. It was mostly black people, maybe a few Latino people. Literally, all the black people's pictures went down. I yeah, think even see, some of the Latino ones. Yeah, that was in the early two thousands when Magic Johnson. They were called the Magic Johnson Twenty Four Hour Fitness. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, called everything the Magic um, Johnson in LA. Yeah, the Magic Johnson Theater. <laughs> we had a Magic Johnson Magic Starbucks and Magic's TGI Fridays. I'm not even yeah. joking. We had like a bunch yeah. of Magic stuff. So those, those, loved back in magic, those days, though. it was, a, yeah, everybody, who don't love Magic? His name is fucking Magic. What are you talking about? <laughs> How could right. you not love somebody named Magic? Exactly. You know? So these days now, everybody is, you know, you have access to more things, but still, you still have to do the education. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you use the weights? But it's but it's I mean, more than just the education again for the individual. Like I think we need a public health education. I think this is my perspective in general because I love sociology so much. I think almost everything needs to have a sociological perspective, and I don't think we're taught that, especially as Black people. I found out in some white schools they actually take sociology in high school. I was like, what? Didn't know that happened. We don't have a sociological perspective on things. We think everything is individualistic. That's why I love Dr. Amos Wilson's work because he talks about everything from he takes he takes the individual story but makes it. Um, he he helps you understand it from a sociological perspective. So I really appreciate that kind of thinking. I think when we talk about health, we have to think beyond just individual choices. The reason why I say that is because we have to talk about policy changes. That's what's going to change the health of our children. It's not just, oh, you just need to eat better. It's a little hard to say that when you've been working all day, you're hungry, and you still got to get home. And it's like there's a subway right there. You'd rather have this processed meat than and have them make you a sandwich than get home and try to cook from scratch again. Like that's a lot of work and it's a lot of, and it's tiring. Especially if, like if you work in certain industries and many of us now, we work very long hours or we work um, people who are in the gig economy. They're out in the streets all day. Sometimes you just want to stop and get something to eat. So I get that, too. So we but we have to talk about what's actually in the food. One of the companies I appreciate, I'm gonna give them a shout out. They didn't sponsor us um, called Every Table. They started opening I'm to up. Get sponsored by Vitamix, and they ain't even respond. So we gonna get every table, every table, because I actually went and because I I didn't know what every table was. I saw them in the mall, and I was like, I don't know what this bullshit is. And I just I didn't, I didn't eat anything. I didn't buy anything. And then later, um, at one of my jobs, I saw my coworkers were constantly going to this place called Every Table, and Every Table is like oh, it's a restaurant slash store, but it's not really either. <laughs> but you go in there, these basically meal prep foods. And there's multiple types of meals. Um, it's like a store, and they're all healthy foods. And they have they have all the nutritional information. They're made. They're like fresh foods, things like that. And their meals. 
And you go in and you buy it. They have a microwave if you want to heat it up there or you can take it home or to your office or whatever. And the food is really, really good. I think they get some local companies. So they have like Home Homeboy Cafe or Homeboy Industries. They do some of the food. And Homeboy Industries, they work with formerly incarcerated people and gang members. Um, and then they Trap Kitchen also, which is a Black-owned company. They also have some foods in the store. And the prices are according to the neighborhood. So the one in Watts, there's one in Watts. And it's very good. It's very quick. You go in there, you pick your food, you, you warm it up there and eat it, or you can take it out. And um, the prices, I want to say, range between 5 and $8 per meal, which is really, and it's filling. They're not like, they're not little meals. They're, they're not TV filling. dinners. No, no, not at all. <laughs> they're not frozen. They're fresh. Right. Um, and then there's, and they have, there's one, the, there was one in the Crenshaw Mall, but now I heard they moved it further down on King Boulevard, which, you know, if it's King, you know, it's a black neighborhood. Right. Um, and they're cheaper than the ones you're going to get in like North Hollywood because they're make a little bit more money out there. So that's how they keep the way they keep the prices low for the low income communities is they basically balance it out. And so I bet people, you those motherfuckers out there in North Hollywood complain when they found out that the price was cheaper in Watts. Bet you they complain. <laughs> they probably didn't even know. They don't go to Watts. They don't know. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> they in the valley. They don't give a fuck. But either way, there's. I love that company because I, I I went and watched like their TED talk. Figure out how they did this. Like what kind of model is this? Turns out they were on Shark Tank. And then I watched one of their like little TED talks or some video one of the owners had, and he broke down how they do this and and why they do it because they actually try to target food deserts. And Watts being a food desert and certain parts of South LA being a food desert, they put them here. And um, like I told you, they closed the grocery store by my house. I think I told you guys that on Crenshaw right, right. Slauson, yeah. um, one of the main grocery stores we had. And so now we're trying to, so I, I would like to see every table in mo- or those kind of establishments, even, even if it's not that company, in a lot of different places. And they do meals delivery services too for the same price of the local stores. So it's still, again, pretty affordable. That to me is a much bigger approach. Why are we advocating for more places like like that to be in our neighborhoods? That's going to contribute to the health of our communities. It's more than just saying, hey, you people, stop eating bad. Mind you, th- your kid's school has five to six fast food places circle- circled around it, <laughs> right? So on your way home, on, the, on your kid's way home from school or on their school lunch, if they have off-campus lunch, they're eating McDonald's and Carl's Jr. and Popeye's and chili fries and the taco truck. They don't even have, they don't, so by the time they get to you, they're already addicted to half the shit you're trying to take them away from. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot that we have to talk about in regards to public health. It's bigger than just individual choices. And I think that's a conversation people don't really want to have because they, it's easier to blame individuals versus looking at a policy change or looking at public health changes. And, and not only that, and I just want to say that uh, when I know a lot of people, you know, if you ever get into it online with people or, you know, that banter back and forth and people, you know, cause we know we have this education and we actually do the research for this stuff because this is what we do. But if somebody is just clowning you or talking shit, roasting you, whatever, take it for what it is. Just block them or clown and roast them back. <laughs> right. I'm a fan of roasting people back. You know, I'm a big advocate of that. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, because I, I know a lot of people are like, well, people shame. And no, you know what? Kids are the cruelest motherfuckers on the planet. Kids Absolutely. talk about you. They go <laughs> In front of you. Oh, man. <laughs> In front of everybody at the In mall. Public, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't care. You know what I mean? So. Hopefully people can, you know, sticks and stones and don't be thinking that, you know. Yeah, that's, that part's you. true. I agree with that too, Kenny. Like, I think, especially on if online, especially, it's so much easier. I just block people. I, like, because what happens is on, online, and this is very similar to what you were talking about, that that 
that girl who was speaking Twitter ease. Um, it's the same thing. I saw this I think it was Ben Shapiro was giving a speech and this uh, black guy um, gets up. I guess he's part of the LGBTQ community. I think it, and he was upset because of whatever the guy said about trans people. Instead of him actually debating Ben Shapiro, I think that's the guy's name. I could be totally. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Instead of debating him with actual points, um, whether I agree with them or not, at least they would be. At least it would have been valid or actual points. This guy starts talking about how he this dude how he can't get his wife satisfied or keep her his her pussy wet or something like that. He said, and I was like, why are you talking like that's not this kind of conversation? Like, what does his personal life have to do with? this conversation and that that's how that's what people on twitter do so people on twitter when they can't actually debate you on a topic they start talking about you personally or making personal attacks into something that don't mean nothing yeah or they start lying and saying you said things you didn't say you're attacking like i was thought i was attacking a girl because i told her what she said was false (laughs) like yesterday there was a whole uh code switching debate and oh, yeah. it was it was really uh ridiculous. I'm not gonna get onto it. Uh except that I wasted too much time on Twitter uh <laughs> on it. I'll just say that. But I tried to back you up, but people were so dumb. Oh, oh yeah, I, I just I just ended up muting I just ended up muting the conversation <laughs> because I have this disease where if people say stupid things, I can't not respond. Oh so, man, I'm the same way. So I just started because you have low tolerance for stupidity. Yeah, so I just started muting muting the conversation because like I just had to keep myself from seeing it. But but people were like saying stuff where uh, they were like, "Oh, you have to code switch to survive because a lot of these um, companies even they have studies that show if you ha- have a black name, they won't hire you." And then uh, somebody responded, "That's not the same as code switching." And it's not. And and even then, um, even then. Like, why do you want to work for those people anyway? Like, you know, that's what I always say. Well, yeah. you want to work for people you got, you can't even be yourself around. Well, and what we found, what we found was me and T's when they alerted me to this because I started looking at all the quotes. There were so many black folks that were basically saying how they don't even talk normal around white people. And I was like, so wait a minute, you motherfuckers will get on this goddamn app every day and talk horrible so to people that people. look like you. Yeah. I mean, horrible. Including people bringing up the code switching conversation. They were exactly. They're talking to us all crazy and out their mouth. And I, that's, I, the, that's the, the, the perfect example of what John Henry Clark called a professional white ass kisser. Yeah. And, and I even told somebody, I said, listen, all the energy you got from me right now, that's the energy that you're repressing. You should have for white folks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the but thing but, that kills me is go to, go to any place you've worked and think about how the white people talk amongst each other. Yeah, they talk how they they talk casually. Nobody's Man. walking around talking like they're in business meetings twenty four seven. Hell no! But, <laughs> but, but, but you know what though? It, yeah. Oh, go ahead, T. Go I was ahead. gonna say all that talk that you're you're repressing around the white people. Of course, you're gonna come back home and explode on black, on black people. Exactly, because you're holding that shit in. But these people also mistake talking professional for talking black because some of them, were, the way they were talking, I'm like, okay. You're just talking about talking professional, like not cursing and not sounding like a rap song. But that has nothing to do with talking black because um, Cornell West, he clearly sounds black. Right. He, even <laughs> he Henry fucking Lewis, up words. <laughs> yeah. Even Henry Louis Gates, like Henry Louis Gates sounds proper. But he sounds like one of those proper Martha's Vineyard Negroes. Like like he sounds black to me, Henry Louis yeah, Gates. He he sounds sounds like, yeah, 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 yeah. A yeah, certain type of black person. Like, yeah. like you're, you're kind of betraying that you think talking authentically black means like, you know, yo, 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 yo. And but everything, but remember we had this conversation not a couple of weeks ago that everything that these people think black people do is negative. So yeah. anything, anything black is negative to them. But what they thought was 
and and they see that it's not working. They thought when they coast was that that was going to lead to some type of promotion, more money, a house, or this whatever the fuck is going on in their warped ass brain, and it's not working. So now they're coming back mad because it didn't work. Yep, I, I think I, I, I have never half, done it. Yeah, I think that's half of them, and I think the other half too. I think it's a mix. I think there's the, what you said is half of it. I think some of these people are those like new blacks who became black in oh, college, yeah. and yeah. I think what happens is the so-called code-switching version of them is really how they talk. And then they actually code-switch to sound extra black on Twitter and that's on social a, that's media. That's a fact. That's, that's a fact. A fact. Yeah. yeah, and then what they do is they try to lie and pretend, like, like they feel guilty about it. So they pretend, hey, I talk like this at work because I'm actually code-switching to to uh, not be fired. But the truth is, that's really how you talk. And you're actually faking it with this woo child uh, on Twitter talk that you're doing on on Twitter. And I think um, they make up that code switching thing as a way to kind of pretend they're code switching. Because yeah, uh, I've, work, I've, I've worked around, I live in Portland, Oregon, okay? The mecca of white people. And I tell people all the time, I've never been, the person that I am right now is how I am at work. The only difference is when I got the job, I had a tie on. As soon as I got the job, I got Jordan's on jeans and a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Because what's coming out of my mouth is more important than what I look like and the way I'm saying it. Because the information that I'm, whatever it is, whatever the job is I'm doing, the information I'm giving you is going to be worth more than your superficial bullshit. But the problem is a lot of these people don't have any worth. They have no self-worth. Yeah. That's you know, their problem. You, something else that I wanted to bring up that um, Kenny brought this up. Uh, about how black people do things that white people don't even ask them to. Yes. And, and you said this in one particular podcast. We were talking about the lady on TikTok who was telling black people to change their names on their resume. When, oh, yeah, in, the HR application. lady. Yeah, to basically use an initial and their middle name or just use their middle name if they have a you know a, a, a middle name that doesn't sound like Bonquisha. And as Kenny yeah. pointed out, nobody's named Bonquisha. That's not a name. No. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the other thing, like, I was thinking about, I'll say about that, but then also I was thinking about um, the Great Migration. Another, I'm going to tie this in really good. When I was doing my research for, I did a documentary um, with a friend of mine on uh, the natural hair movement, or yeah, natural hair movement, but just black hair history. And um, we were doing the research. One of the things that I found was that black people, as they moved north, that's when they started to, to really change their hair, uh, mm-hmm. to straighten it yeah. and get relaxers. And But the thing, uh, the thing is this, when they moved north, they weren't necessarily going to work specifically for white people they actually went and worked for a lot of black people and the black people who are already been in the north or in in different parts of the country outside of the south they told black people that they had to change their hair Mm -hmm. because in order for them to get hired or for them to do certain things or to be representative of whatever they had to get a relaxer or they they got cool advice or they uh, yeah a conks whatever they call them and then Mm -hmm. They had to press their hair, wear their hair a certain way. They couldn't wear their hair in those, you know, in their, in their nappy braids like we used to wear. Um, they couldn't do that anymore. So that's when they changed because the black people were telling them how to assimilate into this society. Mm-hmm. And I think that th- that's pretty much what I'm seeing with this conversation. It's like black people are telling other black people that they have to code switch. Let me tell you, um, I do think there's a difference between being professional and being casual. Right. You can be a professional and still sound black. You know, who's a great example of that? That character on Co- uh, the mom on Cosby show when she was going off on somebody. She still sounded very much like a black woman. Oh, yeah. but you mean Felicia Rashad. Uh, Felicia Rashad. Character? Yeah. Yeah. yeah her yeah. character. Uh, Claire Huxtable. You know, she sounded very black when she was going off on people. Right. But she sounded very professional at the same time. And I think people are confusing casual and professional with casual 
being only black people only having casual conversation or being able to talk casually you can be professional and still sound black period almost every black professional i've ever worked with still sounds black and they are pretty good with working with black people yeah, too. But, but 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 these people have this idea that we go up in the job nigga fuck y'all oh hell no <laughs> like that like it's not even believable it's cartoonish you know what you know what i think it is with them too i think they just deep down want to act and talk a certain way and they need people to believe that they have to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to reveal that, hey, I just am ashamed of uh, black people. And I want. I, I, but if I, if I don't have to be this way, I'm going to have to admit to people that I'm just doing this because I don't want to be mistaken for one of those type of black people. So, yeah, they, I don't want to. I'm not a nigger now. Don't get me twisted here, John. I know. I know some niggers. OK, I'm related <laughs> to them. but. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. not from the ghetto. They, they, they right. They I'm from myth. Tacoma. No. <laughs> they need this myth that they're uh being forced to act like 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 a coon because otherwise, what you have to make, you just like you just like being that way. You, you're yeah. Doing it because you're ashamed. Because of, white people whatever. don't tell you to do these things. Yeah. And, Look, I mean, and, I, I, I hate to say it like still, this. And when they, want to shade you, when, they, when they want to shade you, they're going to do it anyway. They'll still call, yes. they'll call you ghetto anyway. <laughs> it's like the be true to the game video. You want to be just like Jack, but Jack is calling you a nigga behind your back. What happened in the video? Jack is walking to the company picnic. He looks at the group of black people. They look at him. He walks away and then he goes and sits by the white people and they're drawing a picture of a monkey <laughs> yeah. with, wa- with a watermelon. And the black I- people just threw their hands up. Oh, man, look at this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? That's like, literally what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've had like you know we talking to a white person, we're arguing with them, and then they try to make fun of you. Like I remember it happened in college, try to make fun of you, and then they do like an ebonics voice, and I don't talk that way. But when the guy went to make fun of me, you know, he did that voice, and then I, you know I was like, yeah, that's really what I sound like. And then people just started started laughing because it was kind of when I said it was kind of transparent, that made no sense, but. He just made that voice like it didn't matter what I talked like. He just he just made. He was gonna do that anyway. He made the most ghettoest voice he could possibly uh, make. So it doesn't make any difference. You remember? You guys remember the movie How High with Red Man and Method Man? Yeah. Remember when they went to the college and there was that one racist ass kid that was in, on the rowing team or whatever, and he was like calling him Jermaine and Tyrone <laughs> and all that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I vaguely remember that movie, but yeah. Yeah, like, okay, I've seen people who talk like Carlton, who talk with like Carlton Banks, get made fun of for like you know, don't bring that ghetto shit around here. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like that dude, that dude doesn't even talk. <laughs> Why even? Yeah, so like, what, what are you talking about? It's funny because black people want to impress these white people who aren't going to be impressed regardless. Like, it just, it kills me when I see that shit. Like, why do you think your the way you talk is going to make them like you or respect you more? It's that they're not. They don't like you because you a nigga, period. That ain't going to change. How many times you try to kiss their ass? Um, but what they will do is make you feel like you're doing something by making you the overseer for the other niggas you know that's pretty much what they'll do they'll put you in the position to deny black people with certain names absolutely um but it's interesting to me how they they really but it's like almost like almost like they really believe that their success is 100 dependent upon white people liking them and i've never that's felt literally that. how they think yeah and i've never felt that i've i pretty much never really worked for white people i think the last time i ever, the last time I actually worked for a white person, you could say, I guess you could say the org, the, the ED of one of the orgs that I do trainings for, you know, but she's not really my boss because I'm independent, you know, but um, other than that, and even then I talk how I talk. In fact, I was, when I went to, uh, to uh, interview for the job to become a trainer, I didn't even know um, 
I was supposed to talk. So I just went as myself. And I think I didn't even really want the job. They were begging me to take the job with me, with my, with my natural hair, my, my hair all out. And me talking how I talk like I talk on here. And they hired me. Not only did they hire me, they started me at the highest rate. Vita, I'll tell you what I think it is, too. I don't think they really believe that their success um, counts on them impressing uh, white people, even though I do think they've lied to themselves enough that I think they might actually believe they believe that. I think what they actually believe, but they say success instead, what they really mean, even not being honest with themselves, this is what they think. I think their self-esteem relies it's, it's on... It's dependent upon white folks it, if they it, like them or not. on white people liking yeah, them. Yeah, because black they, people liking them ain't good enough. Yeah, See, they, I work with I work for mostly themselves. black people, so maybe that's my I've never yeah. really had that. I've literally mostly worked for black people and Latinos. I work for Latino people or for um one, one organization where the top people were Latino. And even then, like they definitely wouldn't care about what you talk about. Because oh, yeah. you know, the half of Latinos they didn't even speak Spanish or English. They spoke Spanglish and some hood mix of that, right? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, true. To- totally true. Uh the the reason I brought up that um argument. Uh, was that when I, you know, spoke to that woman, I think you guys saw this when I was saying like, um, you know, because what, what people are doing, this is another thing that people do. And this, we're going to tie this back into Lizzo. It's going to be a great tie-in, right? I feel like trolls taken over and co-opted so many movements. And on the right and the left, like, like everyone talks about how 4chan and the alt-right co-opted the Republican Party. But in the on the left and the liberals, the same type of people have co-opted positive things like colorism, natural hair, pro-blackness, disabled, trans oh, yeah. rights, oh, yeah. rights, oh yeah, um, pan-African, civil rights, being Democrats. Everything but, has been colonized. But 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 because the exact same type of trolley online degenerate basement dweller being that way in service of ostensibly good things, like, like against racism. And pro blackness and stuff. People give it a pass, but these people, these new fat acceptance people, these new um, fake pro black people, because all those people thought they were being pro black, supposedly. The um, people getting angry at us in the code switch debate. And you look at their profiles, and it's all like Black Lives Matter, but you know, I got a code switch. And like, like these people are just as toxic and nasty as, um, you know, an alt writer, but. We're supposed to believe that that they're that they're um on the side no. of good, but but whatever. But they were responding yeah. to uh me with stuff like um You oh, must not work corporate, you must work at McDonald's. You, you must you, you, you must not work at nine to five. And and they were they were saying stuff also like uh hey if only they knew you were an attorney, but okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I didn't bother to even correct nah. them because I'm like, it shouldn't matter if if if, if I right. wasn't. Yeah. But on, on top of that, like I was like, so you've never you're the ones that worked in the office because if you've never seen a black person in the office who sounds black, then I, I don't believe you're working in the office because I've, I've always seen it. I've seen partners who, who have a black scent. So, so it's, it's ridiculous. They're saying stuff like, why are you on his dick? You know, because I was um, supporting uh, Jamel's point. And it's <laughs> like, what, is he paying you to, um, you know... That's deflection. The, all that yeah, deflection. Yeah. yeah it's, and it gives an over man, you really are on his dick and everything. And I'm like, you're on... You're backing up this other person the exact same much I'm backing up. <laughs> so why is it I'm on somebody's dick when I'm making my point, but you're just, you know, and and then um there was that there was that guy, he was like getting they were getting like really sassy and, and they try to insult you so that you can get mad. So now they can deflect to you being mad. Then you know and all and all this stuff. But it's like there's this 
because you're talking about how these people um when they argue they just try to bring up any type of personal um thing or or whatever and i think that's the same thing that's colonized like the new body positivity thing because they they got on they got on lizzo for losing 50 pounds they attacked her they did all this stuff there was a woman right who this was your body positive right uh there was this kind of trend where you kind of like pull down your pants to a certain level like to hip level to kind of show your midsection and uh this fat woman did it and they were all like cheering this fat woman for um, <laughs> doing it right and, like, tell yes, them to we... walk down sloths in a few days they'll see that shit every day that is nothing yeah but then <laughs> nothing. this woman in good shape did it right and uh she, she, she has an eating fit- disorder she was a fitness yeah they all attacked her you bitch fuck you it happened on tiktok it's re- it was really funny uh and, and, Yo, and she went nuts. viral getting attacked by all these uh i'm like if you're body positive then her being in good shape should be just as valid she wasn't saying hey fat hey fat souls look at this you know she didn't she wasn't attacking anybody but just the fact that she was uh not fat and proud of it was an attack on them and so, so it wasn't really about body positivity it was about they want to be kind of enabled and encouraged to stay fat but they actually have like a jealousy and like hatred and i feel like a lot of these online movements now they're not people who actually want to be pro whatever they're pretending to be pro they're they're really just mad at they're really just mad at uh people who they are jealous of and they disguise it with yo 100 percent, 100 well you know you know mario last night found that there is a mental illness It's, it's called um I was saying they were in their second childhood, but what, what, I forgot. I said, oh, I, it's in the it's in the thing. Not my phone yeah, I text all you guys on. that it's it's an actual diagnosis of people that are online that are behaving this way. Like it's just a weird, immature disorder. It's it's really weird. Yeah, yeah like like they don't even really love dark skinned people. They just hate light skinned people. Yeah, and have a weird jealousy, envy. Of them Yo, or, everything is not colorism. That's been killing me. It's like yeah, every time you see colorism. anything, it's like you don't. Oh, they even told Jamel he didn't understand because he was light skinned and fit, so he didn't understand code switching. It, it makes no what? sense. It makes no sense. That's what they told him. And then wait, they told what? Him wait, wait. He, he didn't understand code switching because he was light skin. He wasn't. He wasn't fat. That's what they. Literally, what they said. He's light skin, not How fat. How do you code switch if you're fat? What is has literally? You can't change your appearance. I mean, what wait, you, wait, no, but, no, but that's where they argue. They bring in disabled, fat, and queer into yeah, every conversation. You're able-bodied, cis, hetero, yeah, light-skinned male. Yeah. They, oh no, no that's mental just, illness, bro. They just bring it in. Everything is. Then they the said he must be upper class because only upper class people don't have to code switch. I'm like, those are the main people. Like, what are you yeah, talking? Those about? are the main ones. They created code switching, <laughs> right? Yeah. The talent intense. And I was they like, I was like, people who work at the the black folks I see at the DM in the post office ain't never code switching. They don't code switch when they're talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking real. about? <laughs> oh it's a lot God. of black folks at the post office and the DMV and ain't none of them code switching. Not a single one. Yeah. Hell, the white people in there sound like black folk half the time. These people have incel energy, but for supposed good causes. So they so they just kind of fly under the radar, but they were arguing like incels, but in favor of code switching. They, they had the same and, nastiness, that same victim mentality, that same... Je- the and same they, incels be jealous of any guy who has muscles and is good looking and gets, right. gets girls. They're like they were anybody <laughs> who's black who doesn't hate themselves. They view black people who don't walk around 
hate themselves and have white people rent free in their mind 24 7 the same way an incel looks at uh a handsome guy who doesn't feel sorry for himself and gets dates that that's how they are you know i I think it's the hate i think you're 100 right i think people and i think this is in i think this is in pretty much all directions the reason why i say that is because of the point that you made about how they basically fuck up real movements and conversations even the good ones (laughs) so you're like there's legitimate conversations to be had on a lot of things i can't even have them on twitter because i know who's going to jump in those conversations right yeah, it's um, gonna become worthless. Yeah, it's just people, gonna become people, worthless. People who just want to weaponize the legitimate conversation to settle like their high school grudges and yeah. insecurities. You know, I would really because I've been doing so much work and research on the issues around weight and eating disorders and trauma. Right, I have so much information. I've been learning about it. I've been wanting to talk about it on Twitter. I can't. I already know because I, I even tried to have one conversation with somebody who follows me and he couldn't understand what I was saying. He, and he, he was actually saying the body positive movement was a bad thing. And I was trying to say, well, the body positivity part isn't promoting obesity is definitely bad. But he couldn't hear that because he was so stuck on body positivity being the culprit to all these problems. Yeah, They have their and points I, and they try to stick with them and they don't want open their minds up to have a real conversation because the only that's why twitter's an echo chamber the only voice they hear is theirs yes you know what the change in body positivity wait 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 just real quick real quick though real quick though but also in that same conversation i was just describing about the uh, body positivity and promoting obesity conversation i wanted to continue the conversation with him and because i felt like if he understood what i was saying but when he wasn't trying to understand and and i don't know if you listen to the show or not shout out to him and i'm not gonna name him because he might (laughs) listen to the show but um he what he did he kept trying to say that i was playing semantics and being dismissive and all this stuff and i was trying to be very clear in what i was saying i repeated the same thing over and over i'm never i don't play semantics so i don't know what he was talking about but as much as i wanted to have that conversation with him a bunch of other people jumped in to attack him and they started saying all kinds of weird shit and i was like i can't even get in this conversation because it literally got drowned out it was like massive in my mentions all these people going in on him yeah, but they weren't on my side because they were saying all types of crazy shit. Like yeah. they just wanted, they just wanted to jump on him. Dog right. Got nothing to do with you, right? And some, some, some people said some valid things, but some people, a lot of them, said a lot of ridiculous things. You know, and his point was equally ridiculous because he was he was bringing it up in regards to a woman who was talking about how she almost lost her baby, um, and he was trying to say we got to talk about this body positivity movement. I'm like, nigga, the woman lost her baby. Like, what are you <laughs> talking know. about? Have some empathy, and, right? And then another woman commented that she was. In, in a healthy way she was like 125 and the issue was that being a black woman in the hospital having a baby is the problem they don't listen to you it has nothing to do with none of that it had nothing shit. to do with the other stuff but he wanted he was in the mood to i think what triggered him as i said people bring up the body positivity movement because they're actually not not because they care about health but because they don't like people loving themselves regardless of what they look like and that's i think that upset him and so he started saying all the other crazy that i didn't say and said oh obesity does contribute to health problems i said i never said it didn't i wasn't saying obesity doesn't you're talking about talking to a person who's formerly morbidly obese i'm quite 100 percent well aware of the health complications and issues that come with being obese i'm not blind to that but he was so caught up in his because I, I called him out is essentially what happened. He, I called, he really didn't care about health because he ignored everything else I said to harp on the fact that I said body positivity in itself isn't a bad thing. But then people started coming into that conversation and tainting the entire conversation because they had their own little agendas and their own little... And so just saying all kind of crazy shit to him. It, it didn't even make sense. But the fact that I called it out as I think it was, was really the trigger for that situation. All right, y'all. So... 
that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good